Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, fightfulwrestling.com. If this is your first time checking out fightfulwrestling.com, uh, scoot on over there. We've got all kinds of news, a lot of exclusives. We're uh, breaking news all the time, but we also have. FightfulMMA.com, we have Fightful.com, FightfulBoxing.com, any number of properties. We specialize in the crossover coverage of pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. But we have full sites for each one individually. We were up in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, My news team, myself, David Tease, Andrew Thompson, Jeremy Lambert, covering Wrestle Kingdom. And today, I am joined by Mr. Warren Hayes. Warren, how you doing? I'm doing well. I was up at the wee hours as well. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, manager, uh, general editing manager, Sean Ross Sapp, decided that we'd push back the uh, the uh, recap after we had a, t- a chance to maybe grab a uh, grab a little nap, perhaps a shower, get our our, our, our mind back uh, back into place, because, wow, that was uh, that was quite a show. Quite uh, a that, show. that it was, and I wanted to give people time. I wanted them to, to be up at a, at a normal hour and be able to take in this show. Some people hadn't even been able to watch it yet, but I hope by now you guys have. Uh, again, we are on podcast platforms everywhere. Check us out. Commenting on a story, retweeting a story, uh, sharing our stories on Facebook. All that stuff really helps. We are an independent, growing pro wrestling website, and uh, your support is very important to us. We do live coverage and discussion of every, virtually every televised wrestling show. Well, let's go ahead and get started. The six-man tag gauntlet. It breaks my heart, Warren. I miss the Rambo. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 had, I had a good time with this. I thought it was, I, I thought for what it was worth, it was fine. I understand, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the typical, uh, rumble that they have allows to showcase more people. Um, you know, I guess it's a way to give a little importance to the never six man tags, which let's be honest, Sean, it's not the most compelling title that new Japan has. Yeah. And my, my thing is 
the new Japan Rambo was so ingrained. It was like, it was, it wasn't ever like a great match or anything, but it was so affectionately uh, adored by fans because of the surprises. And like, you would have Haku show up and cheeseburger show up. It, it was a good time. Now they have so many, I mean, they have so many championships that you almost have to put this on there because the titles themselves weren't on here because they have so many titles that the people that hold them were in other title matches. Yes. So that's, that's what we have. And we have a bit of perhaps a bidding farewell of this iteration of the elite hangman page, Marty Skrull, Takahashi uh, with Chase, Chase Owens. They're taking on Jeff Cobb, Finley and Eugene Nagata. Page and Cobb have some really good chemistry, as we have learned of late. <laughs> uh, Chase Owens ends up leaving Skrull and Page high and dry when there's some miscommunication that leads to Finley pinning Takahashi. Anything stand out to you here? Where do you think this goes? Because obviously, I don't think Chase Owens is going to be a part of all elite wrestling. I th- that's the main thing. That's the main thing that that stood out to me here is that you know Chase and Page got into a shoving match. Is there going to be a some elite remnants you know like takahashi be still being there right some elite remnants perhaps starting their own tag team of uh maybe dissidents or, or are they going to go back uh full on into bullet club like maybe try and uh re- reintegrate the group you know sort of like you know, kind of going like hey uh, you know we made a terrible mistake you know we're being left behind we we could still we could still provide here and you know since since Tomatonga is such a good guy now, maybe uh, maybe he'll feel generous and welcome them back. Yeah, so uh, that was that has been one of the highlights of, of this weekend, the Tomatonga thing. But when, when I when I look at all this, I'm like, man, who who's going to be an all elite? Who's going to hang around in New Japan? How will they put this deal together? We've talked about that at length. But up next, we have the best friends and Goto out. Chucky and Trent both do great dives on the Finley and Cobb. But the highlight of this to me is that double high crotch suplex from Cobb. He is great. Uh, Finley gets the pin. Uh, this was the first time since Wrestle Kingdom 1 that Goto was not on the main card. Yeah, I saw you tweet that out, which is weird. But then again, it's a bit, uh, it's indicative of the year that Goto has had. You know, he, he carried the never the Neverweight title with no real purpose uh and let's be frank aside uh, well you can be you can be shot i'll be warned but let's be transparent um the aside from his extraordinary match that he had with tomohiro ishii during the g1 what did goto really do this year and it's strange because i feel like he's over with the crowd i really think this is a case of Booking holding him back this year, what he was asked to do just wasn't clicking. It just didn't work out. Yeah, I don't see him as the level that I've seen him at in previous years, and I think that really hurt him. And, I mean, for a guy who's had so many Wrestle Kingdom matches, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him maybe having a year where he's on the, the, pre, the pre-show. Uh, Suzuki even. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been a fixture the last couple of years. I'm okay with that if it means that we're getting – uh, some of these other, if we're getting a Juice Robinson highlighted a little bit, and and, uh, and we're seeing the the Bone Soldier in there, uh, really uh, Taiji Shimori making his mark. I, that that's okay to me. Up next, the Killer Elite Squad and Suzuki are out, and at this point, within ten to fifteen minutes of this New Japan show, we had seen talent contracted to Ring of Honor, 
Lucha Underground, MLW, and All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> so as I mentioned, New Japan is the prettiest girl at the prom. They're they're the ones that every they're the prom queen. They're the ones that everybody wants to work with right now. Killer Bomb gets a pin on Finley. Uh, then Ta- uh, Taguchi, Makabe, and Yano are out. Suzuki bumping for an ass in his face is a Wrestle Kingdom worthy moment in my estimation. <laughs> yeah, and but you know, at the same time, it's when you look at the antics that Suzuki does outside of the ring, it's it's still completely in character. But you're right, you know, it's it's hilarious when uh, when you consider that his in-ring persona as the king of wrestling just this this uh, you know, murder grandpa essentially. It, sure. it was funny. Killed me a little bit inside to see Yano kick out of a heart attack, but that's my childhood speaking to me. No, I bet Bubba Ray Dudley had something uh, thought yeah, or two about that as well. I'm sure he did. Yano missing Taguchi's hand signals was was good stuff. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Makabe gets the pin, and Suzuki goes off per usual. Uh, he beats up people with chairs over the place, and uh, they'll get a shot at Bullet Club, which I, I don't think they're going to win that match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, then again, uh, you could make an argument for uh, wanting to get the 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 straps off of uh, the six man strap off of Ishimori, so that Ishimori that. can go off and do his his own thing. Um, you know what? I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting Taguchi, Makabe, and friggin' Yano to win. Uh, maybe yeah. we're on to something here. I thought honestly, part of me thought that Paige, Skrull, and Takahashi would win. And then maybe you would get that turn that Takahashi, maybe you'd get the Takahashi Skrull, what, uh, not Skrull, because Skrull's out of Bullet Club, but you would maybe get those two mm-hmm. turning and then joining at that point. I think that would have been a good one. Never open weight championship. By the way, that match went 27 minutes, 47 seconds. One of the longer matches on this show, Warren. And I'd like to I'd just like to point out, you know, I th- and I think we say this every time we see Jeff Cobb on our television, but man, what a treat it is to see that guy. We got him in tiny doses here, but he is so good. I still don't understand why Ring of Honor isn't dropping everything to build their entire company around this guy uh, because he is amazing. He has so much upside. He's young. This is the guy you build your company around. And speak of doses. Yeah, we got some picograms of him in there. As, as John Jones knows all too well. Never open weight championship. Will Ospreay defeated Kota Ibushi to win the title in 18 minutes, 13 seconds. Word is that Kota Ibushi sustained a concussion. We will talk about that momentarily. But these two got right at it at 100 miles an hour. And I thought this was a, the right placement for this match. Because prior New Japan Wrestle Kingdom shows, I mean, last year's there were several matches underneath the final three or four that I thought were must-watches. But... It was going to be really hard for some other stuff to immediately follow this. So go ahead and put it at the beginning of the card. What did you think when you heard this was going to kick off the event? Uh, I was excited. I was thrilled. And I think it was a testament. It is a testament to the star power that this, that the whole card had. I mean, if you're kicking off the show with Will Ospreay and Kota Ibushi, who is over like not many other wrestlers are in, in Japan, and you're starting the show with this, that's just a... Sh- it's a show of confidence in these two guys, but also in the rest of your card as well. Uh, and ultimately, as things progressed during the evening, like you said, it was it turned out to be the perfect balance, ultimately, to start off strong with this one and then to move on to that those final three matches. It just it was it was really, really smartly put together. 
Yeah, I, I, I liked the placement of it. I thought it made sense. Both men early had their finishers blocked. Osprey counters an outside moonsault from Ibushi with a kick to the chest. They caught the attention of Jim Cornette, who said, I think Disco Inferno, they were both shitting on it. Like, What's he jumping on? I'm like, well, in, in the words of Harley Race, he moved. <laughs> and he, he went up to the apron. I love the spot. Hey, it's theater, guys. Don't take it too seriously, or else you're going to have me breaking down why a chin lock without the hooks in doesn't make sense anymore. And, and I'm all too happy to do that. Uh, also amazing was a springboard corkscrew moonsault press to the outside on Osprey. Like, man, I just see that. And I'm thinking these two, I, I don't know if you've seen the Osprey's neck and uh, Kota Ibushi's neck accounts, which are hilarious. I, I have to start following those. Yes. Kota Ibushi. A lot of people never knew if he'd be the same again mm-hmm. after a few years ago. And he is, he's just fine. He's, he's as good as ever. <laughs> Both men uh, try for power bombs and fail in rapid succession before Osprey snaps off this great Spanish fly. Ibushi slides in with a, a tamer version, the Bomaye. Osprey hangs Ibushi upside down. They get into this slap war, Warren. <laughs> the, and and, and they, those were some real slaps that were going on there. At this point, uh, was it at this point as well that um, Ibushi countered straight out of, of, of a Stormbreaker into a Hurricane Rana? I don't know. I, I can't remember exactly when it was placed in relation to these slaps, but man, man, that counter, it was just so smooth and perfect. And one thing that we, uh, you know, we were, there was a bunch of us uh, chatting online. It took quite a while for these guys to start sweating. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took a while before they started glistening. And that's actually kind of scary when you think about it. I mean, Christ, you know, I, I run for the bus in the morning and I'm dripping. Yeah, man. Oh boy. So <laughs> when 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 this match really gets cooking to me is when they do the callback to the camera angle. And I saw some people saying, okay, maybe it should have been saved for this moment. What do you think? I I Oh, you mean it, the original moment for here? Sure. Nah. And this is perfect. This is spot on typical. Uh, classic New Japan storytelling in their matches where they'll have these callbacks to other things that happen. No, 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 no. This is the kind of moment where you're like, oh, it's that thing they did, you know? And it just, it, it to me, it pulls me into the match even more because I'm like, oh, yes, yes, there is a history. There's a backlog to this. We've seen these guys go at it before and it was great. And now we're we're getting, we're, we're getting callbacks of that, reminding us, you know, just... That this isn't a match that's just out of nowhere. Stuff has happened. This is classic New Japan storytelling. Yeah, I think it built the match a little bit too. Having that GIF out there mm-hmm. of the moment, I think that that built a little bit of interest because people saw so many people like the two that we mentioned before who accused these guys of just being acrobats and all that stuff. They sold a match to a lot of people based on their facial expressions from a GIF. Yep. Doesn't, doesn't happen a lot. Uh, Ibushi in disbelief but comes back with a gnarly dude buster and Osprey kicks out. Then this brutal back elbow lands for Osprey and Ibushi deadweighted at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't have any insight on if he was hurt at that point or what happened. If he was deadweighted and that Stormbreaker was all on Osprey, that's very impressive, also dangerous, but I don't want to speculate. This was a great contrast to what I was expecting. This was a lot more hard-hitting. This was more of the traditional never-open-weight style than what a lot of people were expecting. 
And I thought this was really good. And even that that other style that I was expecting would have been great. But this was awesome. Ibushi has to be carried out on a backboard. If this is a work, then um, commentary didn't do a good job of selling it because they acted like it was no big deal. If it was serious, holy shit, do they have terrible protocol for getting somebody out of the ring? <laughs> and uh, why would they keep the camera on him forever? I want your thoughts on the the, the end of this match. Well, why would they? Why would they allow the young lions to strap him up? You know, and uh, mm-hmm. just let let the medical personnel do their own thing, right? Um, I mean, it was scary when 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 that uh, when that back elbow landed. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, uh, for sure, he's been knocked out. There's something that's going to happen. It was it was just too uh, too stiff, but. And if we look at the match in itself, in the grand scheme of things, I really do believe the story is how these guys delivered a match, which was not what we were expecting, but yet turned out to be fantastic anyway. It was hard hitting. It was a brutal. They told a fantastic story. And I think this is Osprey's official uh, leaving the junior division behind match. Um, you know, they've been talking about it for months now, you know, that you know, he's putting on the weight he wants to move up i think we got it here i think this was part of a strategy to break away from uh, el flippy stuff to uh to more grounded more aggressive uh heavyweight style yeah i, I think it's a good move i i, I like it and and it'll, it'll it'll add some years on osprey's career and he'll be able to not depend as much on his knees anymore <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean i mean it's 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 all it's it's smart it's good it's good for everyone. It's good for Will. It's good for us. Let's uh, let's do it, man. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles: Lij Shingo Takagi and Bushi defeated Suzuki Goon's combination of Kanemaru and Desperado and Rapongi 3K to become the champions in just under seven minutes. I still wish these tag divisions were combined because I think it would increase the quality of matches. But I don't think that New Japan really cares that much about tag team wrestling to be honest with you uh you, you kind of get the you, you kind of get the feeling they care a little more than wwe does but i mean that's not a high bar i, I know i was about to i was about to say that uh but um yeah i saw you tweet that out last night and it got me thinking and um and it 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 does make sense in a way you know to just you know never mind you know i i, I know that there's a big deal made out of styles the junior style the heavyweight style but when it comes to tag team wrestling man you can you you can as a wise man once said you can break the walls down and just let it uh just let all these styles mesh it's about the tag team wrestling that's what's what that's what attracts people to tag team wrestling well this smash is rapongi dominating the highlights of it early on and they seemed poised to win uh but you don't know how much – there are always rumors that any team is going going to split. But I think Rapongi has some some time left. I, I really do. I, my favorite spot was Bushi and Desperado both trying to spit mist and whiskey and <laughs> catching each other. Uh, Bushi almost takes the term suicide dive too literally because he was like a dagger mm-hmm. out there. Takagi gets the win after a gory bomb and the last of the dragon for with a good deep pin as well. Uh, the match happened. It was there. What do you think? Um, I have a few thoughts. Uh, first of all, I uh, I forgot that Katamaru and Desperado were in the match at some point. 
they existed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's curious. But then again, you know, it's New Japan. Uh, uh, okay, let me see. We'll, we'll, I won't get too much ahead of myself. It's curious that they're putting Shingo into the junior division, right? And, and especially in the tag division. Uh, I mean, this this guy was big time Dragon Gate draw, right? Like, th- he's a name. Uh, sure, he weighs like, what, 215, 210, something around uh, around those uh, uh, those uh, those weight classes. But he wrestles like a heavyweight this he's a, you know he's he's like buddy murphy he fits uh he fits a weight class but he wrestles like another and when they brought him in to lij i thought it was, there was you know he was going to rise up you know be a a bigger uh, have a bigger presence than this but i mean you know it's new japan booking sometimes you just have to wait it out sometimes you the plans become clear a few months in you're like oh okay it gives them something to do puts them on tv and i mean this match was uh, was a showcase for shingo he did everything in this fight right here um but i liked it i also liked how they protected yo and show nonetheless you know uh, show ate two uh, pumping bombers and kicked out you know so they remained strong nonetheless uh, and they should. So uh, no, I mean it happened. I was inoffensive. It was it was solid, but I mean <laughs> it was just really weird. Desperado and Kanemaru were non-factors in this match. It was a casualty of of the time limitations. Mm-hmm. It really was. This one was Suzuki Goon's reign ends at three hundred and four days, which is uh, forty four shy of Takawa's and Otani's record. Then we have the British Heavyweight Championship. Zack Saber Jr. defeated Tomohiro Ishii. In 11 minutes, 37 seconds to win the title. Now, I'm not as in love with Ishii's work as a lot of people. But on paper, I just love the matchup with Zack Sabre. I I love that because it's so... while, While he can do a lot of the same things that Suzuki does, like the Suzuki and Ishii matches weren't ever some of my favorites that a lot of people loved. And I know a lot of people do like them. But I like the idea of this matchup more. I I like the way that both Suzuki and Ishii match up with Zack Sabre more than than one another, actually. But uh, one of my favorite spots was this great counter out of a standing guillotine from Ishii where he just throws Zack Sabre Jr. overhead. No bridge. No bridge. I'm pretty sure that Ishii's neck can't move anyway. But Does he even have one? Yeah. Ishii immediately rocked Sabre's dome with a belly-to-back suplex and then had his arm worked over. Uh, what do you think of the superplex spot, Warren? It, it did create a bit of controversy, didn't it? Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, you were. If you, I, I'm, I'm wondering what uh, Jim and Disco had to say about yeah. it, but, um, but you know what? It fits with the Zack Saber Junior. that we've seen developed over the past few months, where he's just really ready to take any amount of punishment necessary if it means that he's going to sink the move in. You know, the get that hold in clutch. Um, if, if it means taking a hell, uh, taking a hell of a bump, like a superplex, just bouncing right back off of it, allowing him to, to sink something in a submission, whatever it makes, it makes sense in his story and his progression. Now you, you can, you, you know, let's get the purist in here. We'll tell us, you know, well, a superplex can end a match and they're not, they're not entirely wrong. You know, we talked about. Seth Rollins doing a superplex into a Falcon Arrow being a transition move, which is kind of weird. That should, you know, it should come across as a finisher. But 
you know, like, uh, like, like we said, you know, it's, it's pro wrestling, it's theater, it's stories. The story of Zack Sabre Jr. was very well told here. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I don't necessarily get the half-hearted kicks that he does in seemingly every match, but I did laugh at Ishii throwing them back. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like it because he's a, he's a dick, you know, he's a dick. He is a dick. That's just it. So his his little and he's standing straight. You know he's he's got his shoulders back just a little. You know, just puffing well, his chest out. Well, just the thing little. is, that's how you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how you're supposed to. But well, posture. He throws it. I had. I. That's a thing. That's a criticism. Zack Saber Jr. gets a lot. People are like, "Oh, he's too skinny. He's too thin." And like, he looks like a real fighter. That's what mm-hmm. real fighters look like. Go look at Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's mm-hmm. not jacked to the gills. Uh, I, I encourage you guys, the only thing I encourage you guys outside of the Nexus invasion, back when Rampage Jackson was on Raw, that on that same episode, next to Virgil, Rampage Jackson was tiny. Rampage Jackson competes at heavyweight now. Like it's Most fighters look white, like what Zack Sabre looks like. So when he does that, hey, he's got good posture. He throws his hips over. Um I, I, there are times when I think that maybe that act should drop a little bit and the seriousness of the the task should set in. But but hey, maybe he's selling me a ticket here. Maybe maybe I'm just buying it. So uh, good for him. I did not like this ref's count and cadence. Oh no! Oh no! But no, and and he was a ref pro ref, right? And you know this is usually. We He's usually right in in New Japan. Let me tell you, <laughs> we usually have these types of comments about the New Japan refs, and uh, there you go, there you go. Deep, was... deep integration between both companies here. Yeah, I had somebody tag the ref when I tweeted that, and I'm like, "Don't be that dick." Mm. I tweet a lot of positive and negative stuff. It's my job. Don't be that guy. That'll get you. That'll get you blocked on Twitter. Saber wins with uh, just that beautiful double arm bar that he does. Ah, it's magnificent. This was another one shorter than I expected, but a very solid match in in my estimation. A lot of people were comparing it to their match they had in New Orleans, they being Ishii and uh, and Zack Sabre Jr., which I haven't seen. But uh, a lot of people said it was very, very similar, but still is good. Um, Man, you know, Ishii is one of my favorite wrestlers, so I'm super biased from the get-go in this. Uh, I don't think he can have a bad match. I don't think Zack Sabre Jr. can have a bad match either at this point. He has the capacity to work fantastic matches with anyone despite having a very striking different style, like strikingly different style than most wrestlers he gets in the ring with. You know, the grapple base, the catch stuff, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because he can work circles around anybody whether they want him to or not. (laughs) We're seeing a lot of that with Ronda Rousey. If you don't know what direction she's going, she's going to hit you with a judo throw. You can reset and figure it out later. Zack Sabre Jr. can slap on a hold out of nowhere and get you right back on the track. You find one of those corners of the ring and kind of get back to work. And throughout all the – just one last footnote here. Throughout all the AWE talk – uh, you know, who's going AEW. where and so on. AEW, sorry, All Elite Wrestling. I guess you can say you were in awe of the situation. See that? Well, thank you. Thank you for saving me, Sean. Hey. <laughs> um, I'm I'm really excited to see what this means for, for Rev Pro moving on here with New Japan. You know, with, um, you know, the, the, uh, the entire, the, the really big controversy earlier this, well, last fall, with um, uh, WWE so lapping up all the 
the uh, British talent, or at least a substantial part of them. I want to see where this relationship keeps going. I mean, Rev Pro's big title was on New Japan's big show. That's a huge deal. We know they have a working relationship, but I'm really, really excited to see where they're going, where they're going to head into this, uh, into this year, the next following years, because um, there's, there's, there's so much good that can come out of it. Uh, and maybe, maybe even some, some business uh, patterns that can be replicated with other promotions as well. It'll be interesting to see. It will be IWGP or uh, not junior heavyweight, the heavyweight tag team titles. LIJ's Evil and Sonata defeated the Gorillas of Destiny of the Bullet Club and the Elite Young Bucks to win the titles in 10 minutes, 16 seconds. This was very, very fun to watch. Uh, Sonata, super over. Man, man, why aren't we, why aren't we uh, putting everything on Sonata? Why, don't, why aren't we giving Sonata everything? Best thing you can do if you're a struggling New Japan wrestler or a young New Japan wrestler Go over to TNA. I don't care what they do with you for a while, but when you come back, you're going to figure it out. Okada, Ishimori, Sonata, it's looking good. Yeah, there's something there, There's something that uh, that the New Japan guys pick up over there. The Pescados, man. The Pescado disco- the delivery oh, service that oh, Sonata was, was pushing. Good. That was nuts. The only thing that compares to this in this match to me is good guy Tama Tonga. He apologized the other night for his actions, for his attitude. Did you see the exchange he had with Lars Sullivan on Twitter? No, I did. Oh, no, I did not. Where Lars Sullivan says, I would like to apologize to everyone I was rude to in 2018. I will work to be a better person. Somebody tagged Tomatonga and said, look, somebody's copying you. And he said, I will not take aim at you. We all borrow from each other in pro wrestling, my friend. I wish you the best of luck. And Lars Sullivan responded, responded in kind. And what, what's going on? I love it. I love it. Uh, an article will be written on this exchange. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, man, I wish I could find the, the direct tweet that, that I saw. Okay. I too will not accuse you of plagiarism or any other unfavorable accusation. You are truly a good man. Good day, sir. That was from Lars Sullivan. Tama had said, I will not accuse you of plagiarism for we wrestlers copy each other one way or another. Happy New Year, good brother. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. That's a team I didn't know I needed till now. Can we, can we, <laughs> make, can we find out that, that Haku fathered Lars Sullivan already? This got, that's got Lars over with me. I, it's never happened until now. Man, you know, it's good stuff. It was good stuff. Uh, and it's, you, you know, it's crazy, but it's the, uh, it's the most creative st- stuff that Tomatonga has done in a long, long time. You know, the bad boy stuff last year, going after everybody and swearing and uh, going after veterans on Twitter that, you know, that's kind of par for the course, but this, this that was awesome. I'll, and there's there was even even repercussions in the match. Yes. So let's talk about that. <laughs> Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson has a sharpshooter on an LIJ member. And Tongaloa is trying to illegally break up the tag. Now, I'm pretty sure this is no DQ anyway. Pretty sure. Well, even if it isn't, tag. even if it's isn't, it's New Japan riff. So 
Yeah, it's the New Japan ref. You never know what's going to happen. So Tama Tonga steps in and says, hey, 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 calm down. We don't want to break the rules. Let's do it fairly. So they push the ropes closer so the submission can be broken. <laughs> that was one of my favorite spots of this entire show was Tama Tonga furthering his gimmick in a loss. He got more over by losing the tag team titles. That's not easy to do, Warren. No, it is not. And, uh, you know, and you really appreciate how the rest of Bullet Club who were there with him because there was another instance where Fale wanted to get involved. Everyone's kind of like, all right, man, we're following your lead, but we don't get it. You know, we don't we don't understand what's going on. Tongalo was, you know, when when he came in to, to break up the, sharp, the sharpshooter immediately, immediately Tama Tongo was there was like, no, no, no. And Tongalo, I think before actually exiting, he sort of trash talked a bit and then left. I mean, yeah. it was fantastic stuff. Matt Jackson's beaten up on the ramp. We get a callback to his back injury that started last year. It was a year-long storyline. Uh, there's a lot of playing the hits early, but I'm always impressed how smooth the Young Bucks hit that your dad neck breaker. It's not easy to do. Not not with that. Nick also does this breathtaking corkscrew body press. Uh, <laughs> Sonata does the he gets the huge pop. On the Piscata delivery. <laughs> oh, God. This is one of my favorite spots, too. Uh, this was sneaky. Maybe, ah, oh, man. See, I can't say it was first, second, third, fourth best match of the show, but I enjoyed it as much as so many of the other matches because of how everybody got, how the right people got over in this. It was sneaky fun. It was sneaky fun. And and you know what? For all the controversy and the bitching and people saying, the Young Bucks didn't deserve this. Thank God the Young Bucks were there. Yeah, they, they 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 were gracious in this. They were very giving in this match. Took the pinfall as well. I don't know if that moonsault dragon sleeper spot was supposed to happen with Sonata and Matt Jackson. It looked like there was some miscommunication there, but I liked the, the way that it transitioned and Nick flew out of nowhere at the springboard blockbuster. Uh, after the, the super kicks, Tama gets the gun stun, but then LIJ hit the magic killer and a moonsault on Matt for the win. A good story in this match that I wasn't expecting. It got it 10 minutes. I think that was, this is one of the matches I think got the right amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. It told a fantastic story. And look at, look at uh, Evil and Sonata, World Tag League champions. And now uh, IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. Good for them. Now split them up so Sonata can do shit. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> IWGP United States Championship. We all saw this one coming. Juice Robinson defeated Cody with Brandy Rhodes to become champion in nine minutes, three seconds. Cody baits Juice by faking his knee injury and hitting an uppercut. All this while wearing the Jacksonville Jaguars-themed gear. For those of you who don't understand the significance, Tony Khan, who is the president of All Elite Wrestling, where, or is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another story to this match is Brandy trying to bait Juice into hitting her because uh, <laughs> because he'll get DQ'd. Now, I've spoken very highly of Brandy Rhodes. I think she gets the business. I think she's a great ring announcer. I think she is an amazing manager. Uh, not a valet. She's an amazing manager. I think she's good when she's on commentary. I didn't necessarily like her in, like her involvement in this match. I like the bionic shoulder even. I think that's brilliant. Uh, don't know if I would have had that happen to Juice Robinson, but I, I want your take on this. Um, first and foremost, if we're talking about gear, 
We have to mention uh, Juice Robinson abandoning the George Washington tricorn for a Nabe Lincoln stovepipe hat, first and foremost. Second, um, if we're moving into the, the brandy stuff, um, it just didn't work. It just did not, it did not click. Uh, I think there are um, uh, a few reasons for that. I, um, like, I understand that brandy, brandy is an important part of the Cody act, right? They're an act together and it works really, really well. In this situation here, I felt it was unnecessary to a certain extent. And then when eventually the referee did kick her out, expel her from, from ringside. It was done very, very awkwardly. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, t- quietly too. Yes, it was more like, instead no of like, instead of going like, yeah, out of here, hit the bricks or whatever they say in Japanese. He was more like, <laughs> hit the bricks. <laughs> I've told so many Twitter trolls to hit the bricks. <laughs> so, it's so versatile. It is versatile, uh, but 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 I think and and uh, I'll let you go on. But I think you know the theme of this entire match was awkward. I think awkward is the best word to describe it. In and Cody's opinion. working this with a torn up knee. He's <laughs> going to have surgery. So a lot of credit to him for that. Uh, Brandy was announced as chief brand officer of all elite wrestling this week. I think that's an awesome role for her too. I think she's going to do really well there. She understands wrestling. You can tell it in the way that she talks. She's been around it for a while. She's learned a lot. Uh, so a a lot of credit to her. I think she's going to do great in that role. Uh, Cody hits crossroads. It's kicked out of juice returns the favor with a crossroads of his own. Then Cody ends up taking pulp friction, which I didn't think, Looked too bad, but Callus was like, he didn't get all of it. And I'm like, no, I think he did. I think he got all of it. I think he practically sat on the back of Juice Robinson's head while he did it. That is the definition, the very definition of getting all of it with that move. Uh, But Juice comes back. His punches are amazing. They are the best. Plants Cody with two pulp frictions. Seems like he kills off Cody in a sense. Cody's off to have surgery and start a company now. Juice should get a nice push with the title. I hope that whatever they do with him is more effective than what they did with him last year because he is a talent who stepped into New Japan, did things. uh, You can't complain about it. The guy dropped everything to go to the New Japan Dojo. So all all the the talk of the foreigners and the gaijin that, that haven't paid their dues, you can't say that about Juice Robinson. And he gets it. Uh, can he put it together in the ring a little bit better? Oh yeah, he can. But what do you think of this match? Uh, I really didn't care for this match. Like I, like I said, I, th- this match was, uh, the theme of this match was awkward. <clears throat> I thought the, uh, I thought Brandy's, uh, uh, participation in the match was awkward. I thought her expulsion was awkward. Uh, I thought that, uh, the, the psych the, the psychological moment where, uh, where Juice is thinking about hitting a second Pulp Friction was awkward. It he it felt kind of out of character for him, and his post his post match celebration 
was awkward as well. He was just sitting there having like a moment of euphoria, like this very profound moment of realization. I didn't know what was going on before he hit the, the turnbuckles to then, then drop the title. But, but nonetheless, you know, uh, Everything felt off in this in this uh, in this match, I, I, and I don't feel like I didn't feel the flamboyant from flamboyant the flamboyant uh, Juice Robinson here. But I do hope he has a better 2019. I hope the curse of the U.S. title breaks because everyone who's held it so far has done diddly squat with yeah. it. Uh, I really hope he snaps it in 2019 because. I'm 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 pro juice, especially if he keeps the stovepipe hat. Well, I, I like Juice Robinson. I loved his stuff on Being the Elite, where he was looking for gossip for the boys. I thought that I can't believe that we didn't see more of that. And maybe maybe we will, depending on what we see out of this. He becomes the first two-time United States champion, and I mean your your champions right now are Cody, former ROH World Champion. Jay White, who seems poised to become a, a New Japan main eventer, and Kenny Omega, so he's in pretty good company. But, uh, man, this, this United States title couldn't mean less at this point, especially considering that it's just I, – I don't remember any prestige. Nobody successfully defended it since, like, last summer, maybe. Uh, that being said, New Japan did announce some dates – they announced back-to-back Tokyo Dome shows mm-hmm. next year. They announced the G1 is starting or kicking off in Dallas, and they announced a show in the UK, and uh, that Rev Pro partnership is going to be cashed in on that one, I'm sure. What are your thoughts on these, these announcements? No, I think it's fantastic. I think uh, uh, starting the G1 in North American soil is smart. I think yes. it's a really good move. It adds to the international flavor of the event as well i like it and good for them for setting up a uh, a uk show uh you know uk fans have been asking for wwe to give them one for years well good on them to give them the event that they've been clamoring for i think it's awesome i think it's it's a great idea i know a lot of people are saying two-day wrestle kingdom event i don't know that they officially announced that i know that they announced back-to-back tokyo dome shows uh that's that's good news. I think it's I think it's ambitious. Why not do it? Sure. New regime has some balls to, to announce that one because uh, a lot of people. I don't know that anybody was expecting that. But good on there's, them. There's a lot of things we haven't been expecting over the past eighteen months in wrestling, haven't that's, we, Sean? That's a very good point. It's a very good point. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Taiji Ishimori defeated Kushida to win the title. You have rumors of Kushida, WWE interest. There should be. He's fantastic. This entrance. (laughs) What? What happened? Let me me see if I can pull this up. Holy crap. Warren, talk me through what what we saw here. Okay, well, if, 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 if memory serves me right, we have a, a a little Kushida who runs out on stage, and he's small, and we're all double taking. We're rubbing our eyes. There he is, mini Kushida, and we're all wondering. He's disappeared, but we're all wondering if we're you know 
has the fatigue set in? Are we all just too blurry, blurry eyed? What the hell is this? What, what is going on? And then Taguchi dressed as doc from, from the, um, from, I mean, Kishida's very light gimmick is that he is a, a time traveler. Yes. Man, uh, I don't like this. Mainly because I know that when Jimmy Van sees it, he's going to have one made for me or of me. He's going to be like, oh, we got to we gotta get you. We're going to get a face scan for an action figure, fightful action figures. Next thing I know, we got Melissa showing up on Listen Your Boy with, with an SRS mask like that. I, I don't want that. But what I do want is more Kushida. He's one of my favorite workers in the world. Last was- year... It was super creepy. Let's be frank. Let's, I mean, come the the little kid with the Kushida mask. I didn't understand. It took me a while to understand what was going on. Do you remember when they had the Doraemon gimmick at New Japan? I, I want to see Doraemon versus Minishida. Sure, that's that's what I need. Let's book it. Ishimori, he's ready to be the new ace of this division. Kushida had done everything that he could at this point. Like, what what else is there for him? Uh. Ishimori goes for his finish, but Kushida props Ishimori up on the ref and kicks him. A very nice spot. Hoverboard lock or hoverboard lock is applied, but Ishimori goes into that. It's pretty much an attitude adjustment power slam. It is a fireman's carry into a jackhammer finish. Kushida rolls through an Ishimori attack and gets a small package driver and the big punch to the face. Walks right into the mushroom stomp and right after bloody cross hits for clean as a sheet pen. And that's it. Ishimori gets the win, and it was the good. Ch- the it, it was the proper choice that w- the right man went over. You know, Kushida. Wa- let's let's not let's not forget. You know, uh, they had put the uh, they had put the title on uh, Takahashi, and then the unfortunate accident happened. So Kushida was really was really the the, the go to guy for this when they had the tournament. You know, obviously they wanted to. You know, every, I remember when the tournament ended, they, everyone was wondering why didn't Ishimori win? Well, Ishimori, they wanted Ishimori to uh, to get a little more time, a little more buildup so that this win here would actually mean something. Uh, you know, it was the best possible situation to put the title on Kushida again and move into this, uh, into Ishimori, who will be extraordinary in this role. Now, you know, you sort of have to wonder how deep we have to look at symbolism and stuff, but you know, you could take a look at what happened at first, you know, during the entrance, the kid mini mini Shida, as you affectionately called him, uh, dressed up entirely in Kushida's classic back to the future gear. They do the smoke thing. And then Kushida comes out and he has nothing of the back to the future gear aside from the, from, aside from the, the 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 mirror glasses, yeah, is this a sign? Was this a sign that well, look, uh, the time splitter thing is done. I'm I'm moving on from this point. I mean, whether wherever he ends up, it'll be it'll be good for whoever snaps uh, snatches him. Maybe New Japan will resign him, but like you said, what is there left to do? I would much rather have him head on over to, to two hundred five live. And have him fight Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander or Leo Rush. Are you kidding me? Those would be fantastic matches. Ishimori was the right call. Kishida, like I said, he's done everything he could. <clears throat> Up next, Switchblade Jay White defeated Kazuchika Okada in 14 minutes, 20 seconds. We do have a an exclusive feature up on Switchblade Jay White 
on Fightful.com, the latest making a finisher where I talked to him about the inspiration and the use of the Blade Runner and Sharp Sensations, the crucifix elbows that he does. But this was them firmly entrenching Jay White at the top of the card, if there was any doubt. I mean, we knew it a year ago that they were going there. They came in with all the fanfare and, and the vignettes and the hype. And I don't know that he delivered for the first several months. And this is not the Okada Wrestle Kingdom epic that we've come to know and love. But Jay White hung with him. And I think he did great. I, I like Jay White here. And really, if, if you want to be a New Japan main eventer, if you can hang with Okada, you're probably going to be all right. Because right. that's who you're going to be working quite quite often. He's going like honestly. If anyone had, but okay, if anyone had any doubts, they've been erased here. But he, he, he had some extra pressure. He had to deliver. He had to erase Wrestle Kingdom 12 from this. You know, uh, 2018 was such a big formative year for the character of Jay White, and you know. All these um, these so-so matches that he had, these under underperforming. I wouldn't want to call them bad, but they were under the underdelivered. Uh, they were still very fresh in all of our memories. So this was the match he needed to snap that, and he got it. And man, and just as just as much as he could hang with Okada, Okada I found was very good to him as well. Okada, who was the worst new gear of 2018 award winner on the Fightful. Uh, completely unprepared and largely, well, I can't remember, insignificant, whatever the name was, award show, went back to the shorts. His ball sack was properly comp- compressed. He was ready to go. And people were excited. People were pumped. How did you feel? Yeah, you kidding me? Especially since I was, since I was expecting, <clears throat> uh, hoping, I should say, for, a, for an Okada redemption story here coming full circle after his his uh his his year being lost in the swamp of his mind uh i was super pumped for this are you kidding me the the full entrance the rainmaker no 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 man i was there i was eating it all up i didn't didn't take any notice about his ball sack but i was still excited to see him nonetheless well i did take notes yeah i bet you that's why i'm the i'm a professional Okada gets dropped over the top rope and sent into the barricade. He's back in and drop kicks Jay White to the outside. Ghetto tries to attack and this hilarious toss over the barricade where he like the momentum swings the gate and it smashes him in the back of the head. <laughs> that was nasty. Nasty, my man. White hits a Uranagi that looks more like Lars Sullivan's finish. It looked more like a freak accident. It was called as as a as a Uranagi. This is after Okada doing that body press, but White can't get the Blade Runner. Uh, White tries to use a chair, but gets sent in the ghetto and uh, two big Okada drop kicks. He's stopped with this nice half Nelson suplex, but uh, or Okada is rather gets stopped with a nice half Nelson suplex as he tried for a Rainmaker. White goes for the Kiwi Crusher. I thought the pin looked like three. To be honest with you, several things in this match looked like three, or not in this match, on this show looked like three counts that weren't called. He eats a tombstone next. Then they go into this great series of counters and reversals in and out of tombstones, rainmakers, blade runners. None hit until an Okada spinning lariat. And then right after, White fires back with a blade runner. That's it. Yeah, I'm thinking, damn, that seemed a little unceremonious. But 
I like the match a lot. And I mean, okay, like I said, when we were talking about the gear, I was looking forward to a an Okada redemption story. But, you know, I'm not that much of a, of a fanboy, of a mark, to, to not realize that Jay White winning here was the best outcome. It was absolutely the best thing for him. And not only did he win, he won clean as a whistle. We've spent the last year seeing him pull off shenanigans using toys and tools and ghetto to try and get the win over his opponents. We got pissed off at him during the G1. And look at him here. They tried, but ultimately out of his own devices, JY did it. Now, if this is not elevating your heel, which was essential to do, by the way, who are the big heels in New Japan? You know, you could have made an argument maybe uh, two years ago with uh, Naito and uh, and Okada, but not anymore. You they needed a huge monster heel, someone that the crowd hates, and the crowd hates him. They hate him. They hate Ghetto. They absolutely despise him. He has great, great heat. He won with no shenanigans. It was teased that it might happen, but he didn't. This was... Fantastic. And again, we talked about it a little earlier. This is a year removed from Wrestle Kingdom 12, where everyone was really high on Jay White last year still. And everyone, he, he had his match and was like, well, that, that wasn't anything stellar. Everyone is saying that, oh, his U.S. title run was crap. Oh, the G1, he, you know, yes, his character rose, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't perform uh, any matches, any stellar matches, this is exactly, exactly what Jay White needed. Yeah, a lot of people thought he was dead in the water and didn't think that, the, that New Japan should be patient with him. Fortunately, they were, and we've got a new leader of Bullet Club. we got a new possible main eventer in the fold. I mean, we, he seemed poised for it anyway, but I thought this was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okada's ball sack and a, and a worthy competitor. IWGP. Intercontinental Championship. No DQ match. Tetsuya Naito <laughs> defeated Chris Jericho to win the title. Jericho attacks against Pile Driven on a table, which was nasty, but it was nowhere near as nasty as one of the filthiest DDTs I have seen in my life. And this is after Jericho drilled him with a, a kendo stick. What did you think when you saw that? Well, I, I thought he was dead. <laughs> no, but I was I was worried he wouldn't get to finish the match. No, for that that's basically what I meant. Maybe you know with the slight exaggeration because that table did not give. There was nothing. Chris Charlton was saying, "Oh, there's a hole in the table." That so fucking what the table stood. And these are these are not uh you know your ten dollar Home Depot tables, folks. These are the these sturdy New Japan tables that already don't have any give. It did not budge. That was uh, a nasty, nasty DDT right there. It was. It was. This uh, this match just makes me wonder, when is Jericho going to lose it? Because it's no time soon. It, it still doesn't happen. This is a guy who, by all intents and purposes, looked like he was done as a full-time guy. And really, he is. He worked six matches over the last year. But in 2005, he walked away from wrestling. We didn't know if he'd ever come back. We <laughs> assumed he would. But then he walked away again after that. It's it's amazing. Uh, Naito, fortunately, is okay. He goes on an offensive tear. He tries to do his outside-in drop kick and gets caught in this great uh, Walls of Jericho. 
Naito gets out of it, scores a big uh, swinging DDT, and Gloria, uh, he wears out Jericho with this kendo stick. And then when he winds up like he's swinging a baseball bat, which got a good reaction, he walked into a code breaker that he sold amazingly. And I woke and I woke up people in my house thinking that was the end right there. Yeah. People was like, shut up! <laughs> Jericho drags in a ton of chairs, but ends up getting a code breaker from Naito and a German suplex. Uh, I don't know why Jericho then needed to shove the ref for a low blow because there's no DQ. But maybe either way, maybe it happens off of also off of a Destino attempt from Naito. Naito then has more luck with the Destino the second time around, but only gets a two. And we get this beautiful shot. In the corner is the title that they're fighting for. And in the background are Naito and Jericho recovering, plotting. Naito cracks Jericho with the title belt, gets Destino for the win. This was an awesome story. Jericho still has it. He is outstanding. Of course, Naito still has it. I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the main event next year. Whoo! No, this one. Uh, I, this was a fantastic match, and you know, just before we we earlier this afternoon, while getting uh, getting prepared for for the podcast, I I was I turned back on Triple H versus Jericho, fully loaded two thousand, the last ten, last man standing match. Man, Jericho is working just as hard right now as he was back then that it was it's some crazy crazy stuff he he went through uh i would not be surprised that two, that uh that um naito will end up in main eventing wrestle kingdom next year in my opinion 2019 is naito's to lose i really feel like at this point he wins the g1 and he challenges at wrestle kingdom uh and you know new japan talked about it earlier they like their parallels they like their callbacks and their storytelling how that you know he's back with the ic title the ic title that he felt was beneath them you know that he chucked that he tossed into the audience uh you know um you know last year he lost in his uh, title match against okada the match that everyone thought that it was naito's time that it was his match to win uh I really, really think that 2019 is going to be the moment where he's going to, where he's going to soar right into Wrestle Kingdom next year. If you guys like Warren's analysis, we have a, a premium service called Fightful Select where we post several shows every single week. Warren does the NXT UK review podcast. Also, he reviews NXT and 205 Live every week. I have an exclusive podcast called The Fightful Report, which kind of anchors the service. I give exclusive news. Injury report updates, uh, backstage fightful news, and contract updates. And that is very interesting this time of year. Also on the weekends, we have a non-WDB podcast from Steven Jensen called The Weekender. Every month we do a retro review. We have a lot of neat stuff up there. I'm always posting exclusive news, early access, a lot of neat stuff. Just check out FightfulSelect.com as an independent wrestling website. Uh, That type of support is the most direct way to support us. Main event time, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Kenny Omega to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Kenny Omega comes out with one-winged angel-style gear and the Young Bucks. Some good back-and-forth action early on that leads to Tanahashi getting body-slammed over the barricade onto a table. I thought that was reminiscent of the way that Shawn Michaels landed on the casket Mm -hmm. at Royal Rumble 98, the very low part of the back. Fortunately, Tanahashi was okay, but in the opening minutes of this, a lot of people thought, well, they're going to go 60, they're going to go 90. They didn't. They went under 40. 
What were you expecting going into this? Uh, I got to admit, I will. I had asked, I had even tweeted it out because I thought since all the matches had been relatively short, especially compared to Wrestle Kingdom 12 last year, I was real. I was expecting this to go to the time limit at this point. I, I, I figured, okay, well, you know, if we're going to hang in the same time frame as last year, this is going to be a 60 minute draw at this point. Uh, I really liked the, uh, the back body drop just that, well, I mean, it, he went, uh, Tanahashi landed awkwardly. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I like the fact that, you know, with Omega, it's always the little details in his matches. Right. And I think that body flipping right in front of Masahiro Chono was not a mistake. You yes. know, I think that was, you know, th- it's all been about the new style versus the old style. Mm-hmm. This was not a mistake. I like that little moment. Omega was building this match in July. And if you if you don't believe me, go back and listen to the, the media call I was on with him where he talked about how all the people in New Japan that are in great shape are the, the gaijin who are in the gym and working to get better. And that's why they're ripped to shreds and the Japanese guys aren't in there. And he took a lot of flack for that. Mm-hmm. A guy who relocated to Japan and learned the language <laughs> was being called a racist by a lot of people who were sold tickets. I mean, I thought they built this very, very well, and it was it was good foresight from everybody involved. And Tanahashi playing playing this up too, not wanting to fall into Omega's type of of game. His the way he uses tables and all that, and you have Omega helping up the the Japanese announcer that he knocked over and like patronizing the Japanese crowd with his his reaction to that. So I, I thought that was outstanding as well. Omega gets his, his leg worked early, and this would pay off dividends later in the match, and it was sold really, really well. Early on, we don't see it paying off. He does a Kataro Crusher, um, a Frankensteiner. Tanahashi does a Somersault Senton, but then Omega eats absolute shit on a Tope Hilo mm-hmm. that... Tanahashi didn't necessarily catch him on, didn't step forward enough. I mean, that's the thing. When when you're taking that move, you kind of step into it, and you hope production doesn't catch you stepping into it. Omega hit his ass hard on that ramp. He seemed okay, though. Yeah, he was. He was, but he, he hit his heart, ass hard on the ramp. Yeah. V-trigger hits, then the rolling Samoan, and then I like, because that's when it hit. When... And and that's how it happens in real life. If you tweak your knee or something, it isn't always after you have it attacked. Sometimes you just step the wrong way. And Omega flipped up and he was like, oh shit, there it went. There went my knee. He's still bumping like crazy. And off that rolling Samoan, there is this amazing rope hung dragon screw leg whip. Ooh, Warren, this one gave me chills. Uh, I still feel my tendons are not exactly, uh, they're still tingling off of that one. That was, that, that was a severe. It looked fantastic. You know, it's the, I'm going to tell you, Sean, you know, sometimes you, when you watch a lot of pro wrestling, you know, you understand how the moves work and so on and so forth. And you're like, okay. You, but sometimes there's just these magical moments where you're like, I have no idea how that has been pulled off and no one is legitimately injured. I just don't understand it. Good it's on amazing. them. It's amazing. Omega still bumping like crazy. Uh, one of the most brutal, brutal knee up counters I've ever seen in my life happens when Tanahashi goes to the high fly flow. I, I don't know how he had wind in his body. That was amazing. Tanahashi to an outstanding pop. 
hits a Styles clash on yep. Omega. This is three years. I can't believe it's been three years since a much smaller Omega kicked AJ Styles out of Bullet Club. I mm-hmm. thought this was an amazing callback, Warren. It was, and it kind of warms your heart to to realize that the Japanese fans haven't quite forgotten about AJ, right? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure AJ got a couple of texts if he wasn't yeah. already watching. He got a couple of people sending it over, maybe recorded the little clip and sent it to him, and was like, "Hey, AJ, check this out." Maybe he's maybe he's sitting at home right now in Alabama, going, "Hmm." And there were there were several WWE wrestlers obviously watching this. They weren't putting it out there that they were watching it, but I was oh, in contact with with a couple on my own that were like, "Oh, you're up for this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I got to cover it," but. They're, and I think they're going on the road right now, too. I think several of them had had travel a few hours later, so that's kind of cool. And I know that at least one other that I spoke to said they're going to try to watch it as they travel. So uh, that, that's that's good to hear. Yes. Tanahashi uh, follows up with this great sling blade on the apron. Good spot. Then Tanahashi falls victim to Omega's game. He tries to play Omega's game. He puts Omega on the table. Goes for the high fly flow, which he said that he's not going to do to ringside anymore. But Wrestle Kingdom, you got you got your forty thousand or so. He does it and eats whatever terrible substance that table is made out of because it ain't wood and it ain't pressed sawdust. What did you think of this? This was amazing. I thought uh, I, it it just added so much to the story, didn't it? It was really at this point he was you know you're throwing caution to the wind. You're trying everything. You're trying your best, and you're like okay. Maybe a little moment of hubris by uh, by Tanahashi here, but man, man, the impact, the splat, it was gruesome to see. It was what a crazy bump. And how old is he now? 42, 43? At 42, I think. He shouldn't, like, he doesn't need to be taking these bumps either, but yet he does it. And we're all lucky. We're, we're, we're lucky to witness this. That he's still able to pull it off, that he still has the guts to do it, and he wasn't done with this this type of high spot either. No, he was not. Who boy! So Omega slams Tanahashi with this violent series of power bombs, and I don't know that Tanahashi kicked out of it. I I had I made a note of it. There was no oomph in any of those kickouts. You know how the, you know, usually the body contorts and, you know, there's the the spasm, the legs. He was just like, it was like, you know, when, when you're in bed with someone, you know, they have all the covers and they're, they're, you're trying to pull <laughs> them over. That's what it looked like. But to, I, it to me, it added so much to the story again, to what they were trying to tell. I mean, those power bombs, three of the two power bombs and one sit out, they were hard deep pin too and i I love a good deep pin but you gotta you gotta be sure that your guy as good as tanahashi is can kick out of that as well they're standing and trading omega gets the best of it and mocks tanahashi with a sling blade and high fly flow of his own tanahashi kicks out at one (laughs) it was some good storytelling a good kick out at one Mm -hmm. can just be can accentuate the story so much Oh, the crowd, the crowd popped for it. Are you kidding me? Everyone was yeah. into it. Everyone was into it. Omega goes for the one winged angel, and Tanahashi gets out of it with a reverse spike Hurricane Rana. Wow, that mm-hmm. almost brought me out of my seat. There's not a lot that I see these days that just makes me go, "Oh crap!" 
But the story tell, being told here is nothing short of amazing. He had followed up with a dragon sup, uh, suplex. Uh, Tanahashi gets two high fly flows, but Omega gets the shoulder up. Tanahashi tries another, gets V-triggered, and then Omega gets a snapdragon superplex. I believe that's that's the spot you're talking about? That is the spot I'm talking about. I mean, Nasty. the guy goes through a table, and then, and then this. Uh man, what a moment, what a moment to shine it was for Tanahashi here. Uh, I don't think anyone was really expecting him to go this far. I wasn't. Not this far. That it went far. It certainly went far. <laughs> uh, the V-trigger lands too, and a one-winged angel. I, I'm not sure what that was turned into. It looked like some sort of meteora, but I, I couldn't get a real good look at it as it happened. But a sling blade and a high fly flow wins it. This was a blast. It was a must-watch match. Yep. I don't put it up there with Jericho and Omega or Omega and the Okada matches. But on my ratings guide, I gave it a 9.25 out of 10, which on the rating is match of the year territory. And we we get one of those every year at Wrestle Kingdom. At least one. This was an awesome match. Uh, I think that the time restrictions actually played into the favor of my excitement for this match. Cause I wasn't up at eight, nine in the morning watching this, but I thought this was really good with the question marks surrounding Kenny Omega. This, this was the right move. I think I really think this was the right move. Uh, I kind of felt it was telegraphed when the young bucks came out with Omega. I think if, if Omega had come out alone, I feel like the ending would have surprised me a little more, but since he was coming out with his elite buddies, like eh, where this is going, you know, they wouldn't be supporting him if uh, if he was, you know, if he was going to stick around or you know, anyway. But to the match itself, this was fantastic. Such a great story, like you said. Was started. They started building this in July last year. Yeah. It was one of three matches. That was really, really well built in, on, on the card. It was fantastic. And what I liked about this, the buildup and the match, is that both of these guys felt that they were right in their beliefs. You know, they were both the heroes. So, But nonetheless, Omega had to work more of a heel path. He had to be more cocky, more arrogant, despite the fact that he was very uh, sure in his convictions. Because, well, because it's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Who the hell in Japan is going to boo Hiroshi yeah. Tanahashi, especially since he's positioning himself as the the champion of New Japan, right? There's no way. There, there's no way this wasn't going to happen. And I'm going to admit, I got to tell you, I really prefer uh, Omega's in-ring work, his in-ring psychology. When he gets to be cocky and arrogant, I think he's a natural at it it works so much better than when he's trying to be just a little too cutesy you know what i mean i, I agree with that sentiment completely next up we have new year dash 4 30 mm -hmm. in the morning i will not be up for that event actually but i'm looking to do a recap afterwards so look for that sometime saturday also guys i have an impact wrestling homecoming review sunday night giving away uh, a couple of free Fight TV viewing passes for that. Check that out on my Twitter. Retweet it. Follow the instructions. Most importantly, guys, visit FightfulWrestling.com. We're trying to do things the right way. We're trying to uh, 
giving you all articles with substance, reviews with substance. Check it out, my friends. It's a good time. Warren, what do you got going on? You got several shows on Select. Yeah, we've got uh, we're 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 heading into actually Takeover Blackpool next week. NXT UK Takeover Blackpool. So uh, I'm going to be doing my reviews over on Fightful Select this week, and uh, I'm going to be doing a post show as well on uh, Fightful.com. I hope you guys uh, are around next Saturday after the show to check that out. Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. The NXT UK brand has to pull out something extraordinary. They need the buzz right now. Guys, I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Leave us a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. Check us out. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.